Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome back to the Human Design and Astrology for a New Paradigm podcast. My name is Heather, and this is the 45th episode of the show. Um, yeah, I didn't want to, I decided not to hold on to that intro, that new intro that I recorded and used in like the last mini episode. Just definitely feel like my voice sounds too evil at part of it. So we're just going to be a show that doesn't have a catchy intro for now, but that's okay. It's nice for me to just jump right in, say hello. Anyway, this episode of the podcast is made possible and made better by the loving support of my new paradigm collective humans. Uh, which is a membership page on my website that has bonus episodes released every second Thursday. I just uploaded one yesterday, a new episode yesterday for you guys um, about Chiron and 4D. So that, you know, kind of weird, funky, very little understood level of consciousness uh, in between 3D and 5D and the Rainbow Bridge. Uh, which is something that Chiron is referred to often in astrology and kind of what all this means in the current earthly situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, So the link to access the New Paradigm Collective and to sign up will be in the show notes. It's just a once-off $11, once-off payment um, for one more week, Uh, but that is going to be going up on the 4th of October. Anyway, spiel done there. Um, so such a, such a fun episode today, which I'm really excited to share with you guys. So let's not fluff around and chat too long now. Um, I had my friend Abby Valletta on the podcast to speak about another aspect of the new paradigm that needs to be totally shifted. So money essentially, uh, yes, this is my first ever podcast with a second human. I usually just, um, get on here and, you know, speak to myself And it worked out really well, actually. It was really nice to have someone to bounce ideas off. Um, And it was genuinely really fun too. Abby and I actually stayed on Zoom and spoke for like another hour or more after we finished recording the episode. And we probably could have recorded our entire conversation for you guys too, because it really was fascinating what we spoke about. Um, You know, I've said it before and I will say it again, like the best thing about this podcast is that it has connected me to the coolest humans and I know that I haven't even met half of you yet, like, or even half of the cool, cool humans out there in the world yet, you know, and after feeling like an alien for your entire life, because nobody thinks in the same ways that you do or thinks about the same stuff that you do, um, finding you guys has been like coming home to the best just fellow alien starseed community in the universe. So, yay. Um, this episode actually plays back beautifully to my my podcast that I recorded a couple of weeks ago about leadership in the new paradigm. And here is why. So the conversation about money is one that has always triggered me. So yeah, in, in new age and spirituality and self-development circles. Uh, and yes, we, I talk about this, we talk about this a bit in the episode, why the conversation triggered me. Um, but basically I was like, firstly, you know, I've, I've, I feel like I felt like I heard a bit of it, Um, maybe read a couple of the books or whatever. And I've tried viewing money as, you know, just energy and doing whatever else that they suggested. And it never really worked. It just felt like a club that I couldn't be a part of. So I was just like, "Ugh, get me out of here. Like clearly I'm broken because, you know, it seems to work for everyone else, but not for me. Uh, Secondly, the privilege thing, which which is huge and something that we touch on in this episode too. You know, I was like, for so many years, um, 
when I would do, you know, I would dive into any other type of healing work or self-development work or whatever. But I was like, no, not everyone can work on their work on their shit and shift the paradigm and allow more money. You know, what a privileged white chick thing to say. And so I ignored the conversations totally thinking that I was doing something good for the world by, by ignoring it. And yet I'm sure that many people in the self-development community do talk about it in the way we did here. Um, and which is, you know, really representative of by this vision that I had a few weeks ago, since I've been thinking more and more about, you know, changing my attitude towards money, changing the way that we look at money in the new paradigm, et cetera. Um, and it really was this vision that I had a few weeks ago about how quickly we could actually all put our money where our heart is and change the story of who has money and thus who has power in this world. And that you know, that basically now I trust myself to spend money in places that I trust to do good things with the money. So, okay, I'll explain this a bit deeper. So, you know, I and we, you guys listening, are exactly the kind of people who can change the world by having money and spending it intentionally and spending it from the heart. Like if we all, you know, agreed within ourselves, within our hearts to spend our money on um, smaller businesses, local businesses, businesses that we we trust, we know, you know, who do eco-friendly stuff or whatever's important to you, like whatever you value in a company. And if we all boycotted Amazon and McDonald's and, you know, insert evil multinational companies here, and then every small business, local business, trustworthy business or human that we then gave money to did the same thing, they're also putting their money where their heart is. We could send those evil companies bankrupt in a year. And I mean, clearly I have not done the calculations to back up this, this estimate of a year. I don't know how long it would take, uh, but you know what I mean? You know, keeping ourselves as these, these living in our heart, f- fully loving, empathic, powerful beings, keeping ourselves as those lovely people in poverty, it doesn't actually do anything to support those people who don't have the same privilege that we have to take time, to spend time thinking about healing our relationship with money, changing the story for the the collective energy field uh, by doing our own part, you know, in fact, the opposite. And this is the way that I see a lot of my self-development work now is that I do it for the people who cannot do it right now. That is my responsibility as someone who has the privilege to have that time, to have that space, to have the the whatever, the support that I need. And with this all tying into leadership in the new paradigm, this is the major point here. Right now, our leadership is run by, you know, the richest people in the world. The leadership that we see, it's not it's not representative of the people. It's representative of the people who pay the leaders, which is um, the richest people in the world. And most of them do not care one bit about us. They don't care who you vote for. It does matter to some extent, but not really because the entire system is so corrupt and needs to be completely changed. It's no secret that I feel this way. And I know I've been on this rant several times, but hear me out. Our money is something that we interact with daily has the power to change the world beyond what you can imagine. If we, wherever we can, actively and consciously turn our money away from companies who do questionable things that go against our morals or that are run by evil people or who don't pay fair wages or, you know, whatever, just because their stuff is cheap and novel, uh, 
you know, we both give them motivation and incentive to do better, like to do truly better, to hold these companies accountable to do truly better, not some half-assed, okay, sure, I'll pay my my manufacturers in Cambodia almost a living wage now, um, but proper better. And we also take away their resources, their money. And, you know, on top of that, we uh, it's like a, a positive double-edged sword because at the same time we're giving more money and we're giving hope and we're giving um, possibility and power to companies and people that we trust who will then do the same things, you know. Um, it's, it's, yeah, this is, this is what I spoke about in the Leadership in the New Paradigm episode is that it's not up to the politicians of the world to change the world. They've proven themselves completely incapable of the job that we hire them to do. It is up to us and how we do have everyday opportunity to change the world and to create the world that we want to see is with intentional choices every day about who and what we support financially. You know, your money really is a messenger of what is important to you. And yeah, we go into all of that and so much more um, in this episode. You know, we really speak about it on a collective level and then on an individual level too for just you know, empowering yourself to to receive more money and what you're worth. So anyway, Abby is amazing. I'm so excited for you guys to meet her. She's a woman's body mind coach. Uh, you'll hear all about the work that she does in this episode, but she she's just got this really beautiful eye. I feel like one of her um, her most powerful gifts is she's got this this sense, this eye for seeing where people are selling themselves short and she just won't put up with that from them, you know. Um, and that's something that we talk about in this episode. And because she is a legend of legends, she has gifted the listeners of this podcast, all of us, 50% off her Rewrite Your Money Story course, uh, which I've ca- I've taken and can attest to and will attest to. Um, and using the code Heather50. So I'll put the links to her Instagram and the her website and the, the course and the code in the show notes uh, because you're probably going to want to go hang out with her and soak up her magic. Uh, we She's a projector too. We also talk about projectors and invitations because there is so much confusion around that when it comes to magnetizing money. And I also mention during this episode, during our chat, that you know, we just speak about projectors, but I am planning an episode where I'm going to touch on this for all of the types, like magnetizing money for all of the types, because, you know, I don't want my manifestors and my generator types and my reflectors to think I do not love you as much as I love my projectors because I do love you so much. Um, But just with us being both projectors, I knew it was something that we would be able to speak to together. So yeah, really, we talk about so much, honestly. I'll just leave you there. Um, let's dive in and I will speak to you on the other side. Hello, everybody. I am here with the beautiful Abby um, and we're going to be talking about the the new paradigm of money or money in the new paradigm today. Um, so, hi, Abby. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm excited to be here. <laughs> good, good. I'm good. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> and we'll just start by introducing everybody to Abby via the way that the language we all speak, which is human design and astrology. So Abby is an emotional projector. Yep. Uh, yep. She's a, she's a four one profile. So that's super rare, uh, fixed fate. Um, 
and she is, I did write down, so you're a Taurus rising, um, a Pisces sun and a Virgo moon. So you're just like the most kind of grounded, earthy, yet dreamy Pisces sun. <laughs> yeah. A Pisces with her feet on the ground, I like to say. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> cool. Um, so to get to get get us get us going, get us started, um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about like both what you do now as well as you know, maybe what you've done before this. I know that. Uh, your path, every, everyone, everyone in their 20s has a how I got here story. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about how you got here. So how I got here, I do have a background in um, massage therapy, craniosacral therapy. Um, I'm a yoga teacher. I um, like in a past life was a scientist and then was a personal trainer before I kind of um, got into the massage therapy realm. Um, and I also have a long history of waitressing and bartending. I always like to throw that out there. It's <laughs> an important job that you do in your life. Um, so really up until this year, I had been, um, I had my own practice. I, I opened my own practice right out of massage therapy school, had my own business. Um, and then the world went crazy. And I um, actually found myself into a coaching program. So um, I'm wrapping up the end of that program now. I'm a body-mind coach. Um, I'm still finding like the wording for what I want to call myself, I think. But I really, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I really enjoy working with people to just help them find like their authentic self. And using human design with my clients has been a big piece of that as I've, mm -hmm. as I've been learning about human design over the last few months. Mm -hmm. So really helping people to like make decisions in a way that's authentic for them in a way that works for them and like strip all the conditioning of the world and society and really get themselves um, kind of to a place like within, you know, like really making decisions from a place within and really like creating a life that's, that's theirs instead of everybody else's. Ugh. And even just like, that's, that's so good. And like, even just the kind of the framework, even just having the ideology of human design kind of in mind, when you meet a client, when you meet a person, I think makes such a difference. Even if you, even if before looking at their chart, like just knowing, knowing that you're meeting a person and they're going to have all these, this conditioning on top of them. And it's like stripping that back and seeing what's underneath. So yeah, I love that. That's so cool. I, yeah. And you only discovered human design, like how long ago? Ooh, not that long ago, a few yeah. months ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with coronavirus and like, I ended up closing my massage practice. So um, I've taken the last like six months or so really slow. Like I've been home, kind yeah. of quarantined, like not working as much as I was as used to. So I've really just been like diving in. Yeah. I listen to your podcast. I'll replay. Like I listen to the same episode like 10 times. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like every time I listen, I learn something new. Yeah. Yeah. Even though like I you, yeah. you're going to be like listening for different things, taking in different information. Yeah. That's so cool. And that's and just like different people's charts that I'm looking at at the time yeah. when I listen. So I'll take different pieces from it, you know? <sighs> that's so cool. Yes. Okay. Amazing. And I've actually said just to dive down that rabbit hole again. So I um, have always said I'd never hire a coach. Like since I discovered human design, I'm like, I would never hire a coach that doesn't at least like it doesn't have an awareness of my design 
because I've been in coaching programs before where you kind of have this manifesting generator coach and they're like, you know, this worked for me, this will work for everybody. You just like create this offering and then this offering and you post three times a day. And I'm just like, no, that doesn't yeah. work for me, honey. Yeah. I realized recently that almost everybody who I've been trying to get like business advice from, marketing help, like almost everyone was our manifesting generator. Wow. So yeah. I'm really working to like shift how I do things. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And like, you can meet your clients like where they are and like, oh, just giving people that information. Like I, I feel like especially projectors and we're going to get into talking about projectors and money and business and stuff at the end of this episode, but especially for projectors, like when they hear that they're not, we're not made to, you know, operate in that manifesting generator way. It's just like deep breath out. Like, oh. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I grew up in a really like I haven't figured out my dad's design, but my mom's a generator. Two of my sisters are manifesting mm -hmm. generators. Um, and I was living, like, I think about it now, like I was living like a manifesting gener generator up mm -hmm. until I was like 24. But like, yeah. I had like full physical and mental collapse. Like I, my body yeah. gave out. Like mm -hmm. I didn't have a choice but to be like, wait, something's not going, like something's not right. Yeah. Um, so learning about being a projector has helped me a ton. I'm like, wait, it makes so much sense now. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm the same. I have uh, my mom's a generator and my dad's a manifesting generator. Uh, and then, so one of my sisters is a projector and the other one's a generator. And it was the same. And like, it's constantly for me. And th yeah, this is like one of the big things is like constantly feeling like you have to live up to everything they do and kind of like their expectations of the world. Whereas, you know, projectors were like, <laughs> I did three things today, mom. <laughs> yeah so much <laughs> yeah I, I that's definitely like I ignored it for a lot of years until recently and human design is giving me that like permission slip to be like no I don't need to I don't need to do all the things yeah. um because it's just I was overdoing it like, so um massively yeah <laughs> okay um so let's talk a little bit about the old paradigm of money where have we come from and this like <clears throat> this is going to be interesting. I'm excited to hear your point of view on this uh, because I feel like number one for me, okay, I want to say this first, actually, all these, I mean, I've been into this kind of new age stuff for a few years now. And this conversation, this money conversation has always been the only bit that's like super triggering to me. So it's always like, um, you know, I'll, I'll accept any kind of idea of the new age <laughs> pretty much in spirituality. I'll go down every rabbit hole, but it was always like when there was a podcast about money or something, like if some of my favorites, favorite podcasts would do one on money, I'm like, mm, nah, not here for it kind of thing. I, so I don't, it just brought up a lot. Um, in, in my body, it was almost like a visceral reaction, but I definitely feel like if we are, because money is such a big part of our life, moving forward into a new way of doing things, into this like new earth uh, way of seeing things, money has to come with us. And now the way that we, we interact with it has to come with us. So yeah, I guess like any sort of thoughts you have about where we've come from and maybe where we're heading or yeah. And then we'll get into kind of where we see it heading. Yeah. Um, 100% I agree with you. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is like, your relationship with money and like your kind of story there is a huge driving factor in like how you make decisions, why you make decisions, 
why you choose one thing over another thing. So people just, like you said, you kind of like brush it off. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not here for the money thing or whatever. And I think especially in healing professions, like we're in, we're, t- we're really taught that like, it's not about the money or like, you'll always hear like, oh, she's in it for the money. Like she should be in it for the money. Right. Like, um, so I think in these professions, especially there can be this weird like zone about receiving money. Um, but that, but those stories, like as soon as I start working with a client, even if it's about other stuff like that money Mm -hmm. undertones always comes up. Um, I think it's a really big driving force in, in how we're kind of conditioned to work, you know, and and it makes sense. Our whole lives, your parents are like, we don't have money for that. We can't afford Mm -hmm. that. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. put your money in your little piggy bank or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it it just, it takes its toll. Um, yeah, you go. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, it really is, it almost is, like, the driving force behind so much that we do, and you kind of don't really want to realise that, um, and especially when you do start your own business and stuff like that, too, it's, like, you do this so that you want to, like, because you want that ideal of, like, you know, feeling like you never have to work a day in your life or whatever, and that's nice, <laughs> um, and it can feel like that, but at the same time, it's, like, you still do have money and the need to receive money to live and whatever as that driving undertone. So if we totally ignore it, like if we totally kind of like new age, like kind of uh, screen over it and be like, Oh, I just do what I love. And you know, the money just appears and whatever that kind of leaves. And I think this is what part of what triggered me in those particular conversations. It leaves people who haven't figured out how to um, open up to receive out of the conversation. You know, if someone would say to me, oh, just like be of service and the money would follow kind of thing, that. (laughs) It's like until that point where you kind of figure out, well, like you say, like the kind of beliefs and like blocks that you do kind of have around it, then you're just like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. Just do what you love and the money will follow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, until you know where you're coming from, it's really hard to move forward. Like, so until you've looked at that past relationship with money, it's really hard. Yeah. And same as you, when I first started hearing this stuff, I'm like, yeah, okay. Like the money's just going to go up. And now it sort of is. And I'm like, oh wait, it really just does. Uh, Yeah. I'm definitely not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this is like something and it really, it's funny. So Abby and I did a session like a couple of months ago. And it really was that conversation with you and you kind of said what you did. And I was like, that kind of got the, the clogs ticking over in my mind a little. I was like, oh, well, she's cool. <laughs> and she talks about this stuff. Maybe it is time for me to start looking at, looking at my relationship with money on like a deeper level. Um, because like I said, I've been so willing to look at all my other stuff like all my other past trauma everything else everything other limiting belief I'm like yeah turn on turn over every uh, rock let's look at it all um but that's one thing that I was like "Mm, yeah and it's like the one thing we're so quick to fall back on too it's the one thing that we will will blame you know I have a coach who was like don't be mean to money don't blame money like what did it ever do to you but it's the first thing we say when we don't want to do something we're like oh I can't afford it (sighs) right exactly and again it's that driving force behind everything it's like why we say yes and it's why we say no it's like when when you kind of have some experience that you want to um you want to do I don't know if this is the same for everyone but this is me like the first thing I'll do is like scroll through until I find the price and that's that's my deciding factor like Mm. (laughs) so to yeah to brush it off is like no we need to we need to look at this stuff 
Yeah, for sure. And I think like a lot of times to conquer that stuff, it's, it's a little bit of putting the money where your mouth is too, yes. which, which is hard when you're first trying it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to kind of like invest to get that like next yep. step. Yeah. It's like a matter of becoming comfortable with that. Um, so maybe we should talk about like our kind of previous money stories, like for you in particular, like in terms of societal conditioning, your parents, the way you were brought up, um, anything you picked up on in your lifestyle growing up and maybe how that drove your decision-making before you started shifting it, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely makes sense. So <laughs> This is, I think this is one of the reasons I love teaching on money so much is because like, it's been such a huge thing for me my whole life. Um, I have been, I grew up in a family really all about like saving. My parents do not spend on anything and they have the money. It's not because they don't have the money, but, but they really just like all about like hoarding and scarcity and, um, you know, it's kind of this fear of like, there's never going to be more. Like if I spend it, like, how do I know that there's going to be more? Um, so I definitely grew up with a saving mentality. And in a lot of ways, like I think, um, you know, my parents, like we had allowances when we were young and I like had a little savings account. So they did a lot of like the banking stuff with me. So I think like as kids, like um, I started work right when I turned 16 and I would, um, but even back then I would take all the money that I made and I would like hide it into a savings account. Like I always had friends, my friend would be like, you always say you're poor. She's like, but you're really just saving it all. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it goes. Um, but as I became an adult, it, that got a lot harder. Like I think about it now and like, it was such a big strain on like my relationship, on my job. Like I just came from this place where like, there was just never enough, like always a scarcity mindset. Um, always this idea of like, there's never enough. And when I do have money, I need to like hold on to it so that like, like I need to hoard it. Cause like, well, what if I need it? Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh no, completely. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, well, what for? I've definitely had stretches of time when I've done that too. Um, particularly in my early twenties. So where I would be like saving but I didn't really know what I was saving for. And then I feel like this is my thoughts on saving. If you don't have a particular goal or like something that you have in mind that you're kind of working towards and that like motivation to keep putting money away, um, it doesn't seem to go up. Like no matter what, my savings account would like stay around the same uh, number, but I'd always be like, no, I'm saving. Like I'm saving. No, I can't do that because I'm saving. And then I'm sitting there with like that four grand and it's not going up and it's not going down. It's just like constant. <laughs> I think that that's one of the funniest things about it too is like the universe like the money doesn't want to be held and hoarded like that like the universe doesn't it doesn't work like that it does it doesn't want you to have this control mindset over it and it and and it wants to know like why you need the money so and what you need it for so like you said like when you don't have that intention behind it and that thing that you need it for the universe like can't line it up to make it come in for you you have to be real specific about what you need and why you need it and yeah. what you need it for and the grand vision behind it. Um, sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, my family, it's funny. We definitely have the saving mentality too. Ours and like, oh, I, yeah, I would love to like unpack with this with you sometime. But like when I, when I said to you, I was like, oh, you know, um, 
the biggest limiting belief or like the biggest thing in me is that I'm second rate. And I think this is kind of like what I saw in my family is like, uh, almost like it's hard to get hired and you have to kind of sell yourself short or you have to like, um, convince other people to hire you and so there were like big stretches in my in my childhood growing up where my dad was unemployed and like big big stretches and he'd be applying for like 20 jobs a week kind of thing and nothing was coming and you know applying for jobs way below his capabilities kind of thing and I feel like this is something I took on massively as I like it is so hard to get hired and then I will see um other people in in my field or whatever and sort of view myself as a a poor man's version of them if that makes sense like this kind of second rate version of what I aspire to do and this is something I've really picked up on like in the last couple of months and I was like that that's not true and it's it's something that's there and it's like the only time it goes away is when I'm like in session like when I'm with a client and that's when I'm like oh my god I am good at this and then (laughs) and then it's over and I start getting those thoughts again, like, oh, if only I was more like this person, um, then I'd be more hireable or whatever it is. And it's something I'm so ready to get rid of. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> I think that that's a common theme that comes up for people, especially when you're talking about your money story. It's, it's this like idea of like the other, like money and success and the jobs, like getting jobs easily, like that's for other people. That's not for me. Like it's that idea of like exempting ourselves from that. Like we don't, you know, it's almost like we don't deserve that. Like we don't, we aren't worthy of, of having those things. And when you think about that, that's your idea around money. Like that's your idea. You're driving force behind a lot of the decisions you're making in your wow. life. Not Actually, just- you are exactly right. Cause when I, when I started like thinking about it, I was like, and I've done that for other things too, like relationships. I've always been like, oh, hopefully someone will like run out of other options <laughs> and turn to me eventually. <laughs> All the other good people will be gone and someone will have to fall in love with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. But, and like, it's until you start like, you know, you can ignore that kind of stuff for as long as you like, but it's when you do force yourself again, force yourself to like turn that really harsh spotlight on yourself and be like, where is this coming from? And like sit with that. Yeah. Right. And like sit with that and be like, okay, well, where does that come from? And like, now that we've talked talked about it and you're, you're noticing it, you'll start to notice when that shows up again and be like, wait, that's, I'm doing it again. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like, I, I'm sure you have some much better tips for this, like for changing your money story than I do. But like what I've done is I just, so I have these sticky notes. Okay. Well, the audience isn't going to be able to hear this, but basically I'm holding up a sticky note. It just says hit record because I always forget to press record. Um, but yeah, so I just wrote out a bunch of sticky notes, stuck them all over my room with just different, a different story, pretty much, you know, things will say like, I'm first class, like I'm top of the line, like I'm the best money can buy and stuff like that. So that I have that constant reminder. That's different for everybody, like how that's going to like work for, you know what I mean? So some people that might be affirmations, like that's kind of what you're doing, putting affirmations. Yeah around your house or journaling like I think that how you achieve that is going to be different for every person yeah yeah um okay and like do you have any maybe particular tips or tricks or something just say someone okay okay this is how I want to do it how about we do maybe like 
a couple of tips for people who are just beginning, like for whom this is a really new story. And then for people who kind of like me, who were like burnt out by the spirituality, uh, who've, been, who've been burned before kind of thing, who've, you know, maybe tried um, a couple of things and it hasn't worked. So maybe more advanced tips or something for looking into your money story. For looking into the money story? Yeah. Uh, or anything you want to, any tips really, that you think would be helpful? I think for me personally, I feel like a big piece of it was just like bringing light to that money story. Like just figuring out what it is, that, what are those beliefs? Like, right. For me, it was always scarcity. It was like, there's mm-hmm. not going to be enough. Like for you, it's this, it, it's this, like, I'm a, I'm a second rate. Like I'm the second option. Right. Like, yeah. so it's, it's really figuring out what that belief is for you. Um, and I think that that's going to be the case no matter what stage of the journey you're in. Although I, I do presume that if you're, you've been doing a lot of like soul searching and healing work, it's going to be beliefs that you've seen before, you know, like, not- <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Like I think like for me, the scarcity thing, um, it's not just about money. Like it's about everything. Like yeah. when I first started being, when I first started being a massage therapist, like it was always like, there's not enough clients mm-hmm. and That's you know, there's not hours in the day. And like, I'm not even really a good cook. Cause like, I won't use enough spices. Like I'm really like, I'm like cheap about my spices. Like, well, what if I run out? It's like, you can just go buy more paprika. Abby. It's not a big deal. Like, <laughs> wow. but, but it took until I like realized like that had been running my entire life. Like that had been a huge, like in my ex, um, in my last relationship, like that had been a huge mm-hmm. thing was like me and my money hoarding and calculating every cent that we were allowed to spend oh, here. It takes the fun out of life completely. <laughs> oh, it's awful. I think about it now. I'm like, oh my gosh. So just really bringing light to like, what is the belief? What is the driving um, force behind these decisions? And like, it, I do think it really comes down to um, a lot of times how we're raised um, what we see as a kid and what we hear and what we learn. Um, and our parents, parents. yeah, Yeah. so it's really like examining that relationship with money and like working, working on that relationship. Mm. Almost treating it like a friend, like who's upset, who's upset with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I've done wrong. Yeah. (laughs) different ways you can go with it but I feel like that's like the first step is like you have to know what the problem is before you move forward with it so like you need to know what's the belief there like it's not going to be the same for every single person um so what's what's that belief for you yeah yeah and you have a course on this basically don't you I have a course so um I just turned like my best selling workshop into a online course. So it's called rewrite your money story. And it's just a way to kind of go through with some of these prompts and some of these questions. So it's actually the course you did. Yeah. Um, thinking about like where that relationship really came from. It asks some good questions to get you like the juices flowing. I'm like, okay, this is my story. Like here it is. Um, and then I, I help people to, to walk their, um, way through reframing that story so it's like we find kind of find the story you you kind of word vomit out everything that comes out <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah and then we reframe it yeah um so that's a new course that i just put up on my website last week and i actually have a coupon code for the listener oh, stop thank you thank you so much 
So if anybody on uh, listening does want to grab that course, it's called Rewrite Your Money Story. Uh, we'll link to my website. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. I'll link to it. Yeah. Um, and the promo code is for 50% off and it's HEATHER50, all caps. Heather 50. Oh girl, thank you so much. And I can attest to this because it is, it was doing that little word vomit exercise as you so eloquently defined it. Um, <laughs> that was what kind of led me to that realization of, ah, oh, why do I think I'm second best at everything? Why do I think like I have to, and that, yeah, I, maybe we should talk about pricing now actually, because I'm just getting this hit that we need to talk about pricing because that that is something that kind of came up when I was doing that course when I was like I base my pricing on me seeing myself as a cheap man's version of this person so I'd look at their price and like make my price a little bit lower so it's like does that make sense it's like even if I wasn't doing it consciously that was that was the intention behind it so I'd love to get your point of view on anything you want to say about pricing because I know this is something you really get I do a lot of yeah and I work yeah. with a lot of business owners and self-employed people that's yep. a lot of who I work with and pricing and money is such a big piece of it like that's I feel like what I'm constantly working with people on it's like even if that's not the plan like that's what comes up yeah um <laughs> first off with pricing I'm always going to say whatever your prices are raise them <laughs> raise them double them do whatever you got to do <laughs> I get that we call them gremlins and body mind coach. I get that same gremlin as well. Like when I'm putting something out, I'm like, oh, do I know enough to charge that? Like I'm normal, I'm human. Like I also get that um, mm-hmm. feeling. But like really making sure you're, you're charging your worth, especially for projectors. I know we're not really diving into that, but especially for projectors, because I think when you have that exchange of money as a projector, like that undervalued feeling, like when you're not charging uh-huh. what you know you're worth, like uh-huh. that is going to lead you right into that bitterness, like right into that feeling of not being recognized or not being valued. Um, so it's That's really important yeah. to charge what you're worth. And I think that has to just come from like how I like to do my pricing is just like what resonates. Like when I, um, when I come up with a program, like sometimes like a number just pops in my head, you know, and then I start yeah. to be like, That's too much. Like do what you're doing, right? Check what everyone else is charging, Uh but really trying to go with that number that like is my gut response, my initial, my initial kind of number. Yep. And that like that, that's what I'm starting to do now too. So I love that you said that um, as compared to that, what's this person doing? Do, am I good enough? Like, do I do the same kind of thing? Oh, they were only charging that much. Maybe I should only charge that much. Um, but it's almost like your system, like your, your body, your system knows what your work is worth, uh, Mm. better than your mind does better than like Jack down the street does. And so it is that, that number that appears, that's probably it. And that's probably what's going to feel like quite nourishing to your body. That's going to, and the thing is when you receive, and this is what I've found with readings in particular, it's like when I receive, um, what I know my work is worth, I'm going to show up a hundred percent because I feel you're like, it's hard to describe, but it's like your whole system feels completely nourished and in it. hundred <laughs> percent. And you know what the clients, like your clients or your customers, whatever, like they get more out of it. Like, yeah. have you ever bought a really cheap course or something and then you never do it? Or like you do a free yes. kind of <laughs> and then you never do it. But when you sign up for a $10,000 program, guess whose butt is in her seat every time she needs to get on a call. Like it's such a different experience for everyone. And it is that like kind of putting your money where your mouth is. Like the the clients are going to get more out of it when they've invested and they're like, 
you know, they're there, they're showed up with their, with their pen and they're ready to go. Um, you don't want like that discount. Yeah. 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 That like $1 for 10 weeks worth of stuff. I'm like, what? No, No, (laughs) I'm not. People marketing their stuff. Oh, raise your prices. Those are so low. Um, another thing that came to me, what was it when we were talking about (laughs) Oh, setting pricing is to go about it from actually like a reverse point of view. So Mm -hmm. to actually calculate like how much money you need. So it's like a reverse budget. So like instead of, but instead of going out and listing out your budget, we're like, if you make, if you've made a budget, I'm a, I was a big budgeter previously. To Virgo moon, honey. <laughs> so like instead of doing like the absolute minimum, right? Like I used to do that, like the absolute minimum I could spend on food and like not including anything fun, like making a legitimate, what you need to survive, like including eating out and massages and whatever you need in there that makes you show up the best that you can be for your clients. And whatever that number that you need monthly or weekly or yearly or whatever, however you want to do it, then how many people do you want to work with? Mm. How many people do you have space to work with? And then that's your number, right? Like, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of that reverse, figure out what it is that you need and how many clients would feel good for you to work with and then get the price point from there and and kind of. Yeah. I guess that's a really good tip for people who maybe like the, just feel into the energetic, like if, if you're kind of like first stepping into it, you know, that could be really intimidating kind of thing. If you don't kind of have that relationship with um, your intuition or whatever you want to call it. If you're the person, like, that's how I am. If you're the kind of person who really likes to have like a plan and like a spreadsheet, (laughs) yeah, that's going to be a better way. You know, say you need $10,000 a month and you want to work with five clients a month, they're each going to be paying $2,000 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And even like having a mix of it too. I probably do need a bit more of that kind of grounded, like, well, how much do I actually need in, in reality kind of thing. So I really love that. Um, yeah. We tend to do like, how much do I need? We do like the bare bones minimum, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So really trying to include in like, what do you really need to show up fully and to like yeah. be the best practitioner that you can be? Yeah. Um, or like you had said, I was laughing when your podcasts, you had said like you switched from us dollars to australian yeah. is a dollar and <laughs> i don't even know what they're called yeah. um and which is funny the first time i went on your website and i bought a session or whatever i noticed that it was in us dollars and i was yeah. like oh that's so that's so funny like uh-huh. that she has it in your, and so when you changed it i was like oh that's good that like sits better you know exactly isn't it yeah. funny oh i know and it was so easy to figure out how to switch it too because like it it just was automatic when i set up my squarespace website um yeah but, i actually yeah. think i to see how much it was in Australian dollars to go to, like, cause I was just curious. And I, I did definitely mm-hmm. notice you had it in us dollars. I thought it was an interesting, like, and thing. that, yeah. So I, did, I was kind of like, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's like such a projector thing too, is like, we, yeah, we could go off on a tangent here, but like projectors will go onto other people's website and like notice their prices and be like, um, like you would say like, Oh, that's weird. Like that something sits off there about me charging in us dollars or like, that's weird. Like, I feel like she should be charging more or like, I feel like she's not getting enough or whatever. Um, because you do you, like projectors are so kind of tuned into the energy of everything that you can kind of like, it'll come through the website almost at you. <laughs> and we had talked about this a little bit. Like I'm, I have a defined will center yes. uh, and how that this plays was, a role. Yeah. It's kind of my outlook on it where I tend to be like, girl, like charge more, like everyone charge more. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was so interesting. So it was like Abby and I were talking on Instagram um, and just saying that like, so with her defined will center, she'll kind of, because there is that inherent knowing of worth. So self-worth as well as being able to sense that in other people, whereas those of us, the 70% of us that have an undefined will center, it's more like our search is outside of us for trying to prove our worth or what am I worth kind of thing, looking to other people to give that, whereas you can really sense it straight away. So mm. that was so funny, especially for what you do for work. I was like, oh my God, that's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's something that comes up so frequently with clients. I was like, oh yeah, that's good. That works. That makes sense. <laughs> Human design, man. It's so funny. It's the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> okay. So we've touched on it a couple of times, but I just want to speak a little bit to this kind of Hmm. This, this new paradigm money concept of intentional spending and putting your money where your mouth is and just share this kind of idea concepts. Um, I guess my starting point with this, my like jumping off point for whatever comes is, okay, so I, as I was starting to work through my money story, like after your workshop and just, you know, I also started reading um, the book that you recommended, Love Money, Money Loves You, which I will also link in the show notes. Um, yeah, a bunch of other things started coming up. All these, these triggers kind of came up of like, oh, well, that's nice. That's, you know, that sounds nice and fluffy. This idea of, you know, being conscious and like giving heart to your money kind of thing. Um, but not everyone can do that. You know, my, my activist mindset kind of switched on, like that's completely out of not, yeah, basically not everyone can do that. Um, and then I had this vision one morning as, as I was waking up, waking up and it was this world. I was like, okay, if, if I am really conscious about who I give my money to, and I trust that every single person that I then spend money on is then really conscious about where they give money to. And, you know, that goes on and on and on. And every single person, you know, we could send McDonald's and other evil corporations bankrupt within like a few months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess anything that you want to touch on about intentional spending and anything around that. Yeah, that's, that's something I always say. That's like a big part of my mission is like, and I know you and I have touched on this. Like when you think about the people who hold the majority of the money in the world, right. Mm -hmm. And then we, as these small healers and practitioners feel like, Oh, I couldn't ask for that for what I'm doing. But like <laughs> you, you're showing the world, like your money is energy. And like, it, there's always this exchange, this input and this output. And by spending, like you're showing where your values are. You're showing like, Yes. What you're investing into. And so it really can, it really can make a big difference. You know, if, if all the healers of the world and all the social justice advocates and all of us mm -hmm. activists, like had the money, we could change everything. <laughs> but yeah, we're, exactly. so, we're so trained to think that we're not worthy of having it and big money, you know, big money companies don't want us to think that we can have it. They want us to stay in this poor mindset, this, mm -hmm. oh, I'll never have that. I'll never, you know, I'll just settle for good enough. I'll never be wealthy. Mm -hmm. I'll never be successful. Mm -hmm. um, they have capitalized. Mean, oh, oh, no, exactly. And it's like, it's almost, it's made to seem like you're doing a good thing for the world by keeping yourself poor, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like in order to be an activist, you have to suffer um, and struggle where it's like, whereas it's like, well, no, 
as you said, the more the more healers, the more people with good intentions, the more people who live from their heart and spend from their heart actually have the money to do so and to make the change we want to see in the world, that will change the world because money talks and as much as you know some of us don't want to admit it money does make the world go round yeah and i think like a lot of times that's the problem you have people in our type of our type of industries that have this idea of money like it's bad and it's evil and um but really like by us making more money we're gonna make more good in the world we're gonna change politics like yeah when the who's got the money switches and changes like uh, we, we really need that money to have that kind of power mm-hmm. um so so it's really having to to change our outlook on that um yes. instead of being like oh poor me we're never gonna have money and like all these um rich white guys are the only ones who can do it and really <laughs> like accepting that we're worthy and that like by us having the money we could do really good things and we could yes. really change things all over the planet exactly. um yeah I know that's a big piece of it. Yeah, it's massive. And like making that shift. And that's why like the work that you do and the work that, and it's not like it's exclusive, this work. It's like anyone can sit down and look at their money story, no matter where you come from and no matter like what your goals are for the money. Um, And that work is so important, but it is something that gets kind of neglected. Like I sort of touched on earlier in healing, we're so willing to look at our relationship traumas and stuff like that. <clears throat> and how uh, how our parents fucked us up in other ways, basically. <laughs> but then looking at the money stuff with the intention and with the um, the openness to you know hoping to receive more, we I don't know I feel like guilt comes up about that. It's like that mm. that's like really privileged healing to be doing or something like along those lines. Mm, yeah, there's like that guilt factor there. I mean, I do always like to say whenever I teach on money, I say this a lot in my workshops. Like it. I, I don't want to underestimate the fact that yes, we have to be able to be having this conversation. We, we have privilege, privilege to be able yeah. to do that. Like mm-hmm. um, you like to like perform just like money's energy, just like invited into your world. <laughs> like not everybody has the starting off point to be able exactly. to even be comfortable enough to take the time to look at their money stories. Yeah. Um, something you said earlier, like wanted me to refresh, to remind everybody that like, yeah, yes. thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to touch on all of like the privilege that we have to be able to be even like having that conversation and and kind of seeing where it is. And that's something I'm like interested as I kind of study it all to learn more about like kind of that like fine line between, you know, like then where can I give back and like where can I really keep that in mind as I teach this money stuff of like, okay, but not everyone has like equal opportunity and not everyone is near as privileged as I am so like trying to figure out how that like fits into this con- like wealth consciousness work it's yeah it is hard and well I yeah I'm glad we're going down this rabbit hole because it is something and that's like another one of the triggers that sort of kept me from really diving into this further mm-hmm. is that like because there is that element of privilege but then I just yeah. sort of let myself think like I'm not actually doing anyone any favors by keeping myself in poverty and so it's like in order for me to then be able to help, as you say, completely change and like bring the wealthy evil white men down, um, I'm going to need to elevate and change my own money story somewhat before I can change uh, change the story for my community, um, the world at whole, like women, whoever it is, 
Mm. Um, there needs to be like, I can't, I'm not doing anyone favors by keeping, keeping myself poor, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if, like if, you say, it's that balance. Yeah. If not the very opposite, because yeah, as you make more money, you can spend intentionally yeah. on women-owned businesses. You can spend yeah. intentionally on smaller businesses. You can give money, you can donate. Like, yeah. So we tend to have this idea of like, oh, well, there's people who don't have it. And like, I'm greedy. I have this guilt and this shame about wanting more money. Mm-hmm. Which really like, that's when you can be of the most service. Like that's mm-hmm. when you can actually start to make a big difference on those things. Yeah. So it's really the most loving thing that you could do. Like one of my coaches always says that like sales, selling someone is really the most loving thing you could do. Like we have this idea that like when I sell something to you and like I'm taking your money, but really Mm -hmm. like if I didn't offer you the chance to work through your money or to deal with the, you know, to get coached and all this stuff, like Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways is the most loving thing that I could do for you. And, and I think there needs to be that exchange of, of energy, that exchange of money mm-hmm. for people to kind of take things seriously as well. I, uh, yeah, I think so too. And I just had a thought come up when you were talking and hopefully it's not gone. Hang on. Give me one sec. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> no, I don't remember exactly what I was going to say. Um, oh no. Th- yeah. I was just going to actually make a comment about what you just said and kind of affirm it because how many people do you have, like either people that you've worked with or people whose workshops you've bought or people whose um, stuff that you've, you know, purchased and you're just like, I am so happy that you do this and that you charge for this because if you hadn't chosen to create this business, like I wouldn't have been able to gain what I gained from you. I wouldn't be able to like kind of, um, you know, like, I'm so glad that you have turned this into a business where you can dedicate your whole life because you have your needs met. Whereas mm. if you just um, have those people who kind of will like, you know, give a ton, give a ton of content away for free, you know, after working 45 million hour weeks, um, then they don't have the same amount of resources to then put that same amount of information and that same quality of information out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It's like, and that's like part of the like charging what you're worth in your business. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if you want to show up for these people at your best, like you need to be fed and, exactly. and you know, you need to have your needs met. Like it's just yeah. like, I'm always amazed when you know, someone who's like, I take 40 massages a week and I'm in pain and I, I like am so poor. I'm like, raise your rates. It's, it's like $10. Yeah. If everybody pays you $10 more for you. It's a huge difference. And for your clients, it's not that big of a deal. And in yeah. my opinion, if you have customers or clients or whatever it is, like they should want you to be comfortable. Like I want mm-hmm. to pay you a price that it means you can be comfortable and like have yeah. your life. Like I don't want to be, um, kind of cheap skating people. Um, you know, so it's like understanding too, that like your clients and like they value you and they want to see you succeed. So they should be happy. And if you don't have clients like that, then it's time to kind of like figure out what that's about. Right. And start attracting more clients to you. And that's actually really interesting because everyone that I've worked with, um, it's like, so I just hired a coach actually. I'm so excited. We're starting work in a couple of weeks. Um, but I, I knew as soon as she like made this offering, um, I was like, it doesn't matter what price you tell me because I'm already a yes. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is the kind of client that you want to 
have in mind kind of thing. Someone who knows so badly that they want to work with you already because of like your vibe. And we're going to, we're so, we're seconds away from speaking about the projector stuff. Um, <laughs> but someone who has already felt into your vibe so much, they love your message. They resonate with, you know, your work and your energy and you know, whatever price you say, it's like, okay, cool. I'm in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And like through the intentional spending, it, I think that's been one of the biggest changes for me with my own money story is just oh. really like realizing like how the universe like wants things to go. So like typically old me, when my bank account was low and I was kind of like, <gasps> you know, and especially owning a business, like there's, and that's how waitressing and bartending always was too. It's like, you never really know how much is going to come in. Like <laughs> there's this element of, of you have to trust that it's going to, because it's yeah. not like getting a steady paycheck every two weeks. Like sometimes there's more, sometimes there's less. It's, 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 an, it's a flow. Yeah. Um, ooh, what was I going to say about this? <laughs> Learning to know. trust the universe. Learning to trust the universe. <laughs> Because you, like, you would have worked on tips in waitressing and bartending and stuff, wouldn't you, in the U.S.? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you guys don't do that there. There is, yeah. No, no, for us, it is a steady paycheck. And occasionally, someone will give you, like, a dollar <laughs> in a tip. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm pocketing this. But... No, it's entirely tip <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of that, like, well, there is a little bit of pay, but it's not much. Yeah, it's sort of that, <laughs> You have to like trust that more is going to come in. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. Just cool. So now like where I used to, like when money would be low, I'd be like, <laughs> you know, I'd go out with a friend and I'd be like, I don't even want to buy their coffee. Right. Like I'm uh... hoarding. Like, what I do have left is being hoarded. Now when that happens, I'll like, I'll donate it. Right. Not, mm -hmm. you know, maybe not all of it, but like yeah. when I start to feel that like something's getting low, I'll donate money. Like that's the time for me to give back. Like that's the time for me to be intentional about my money. Yeah. Or like last week, um, I bought some products I needed for a retreat I was doing and the girl did not charge me anywhere near what those products were worth. The, wow. So I paid her double and she was like, Oh my gosh, like I can't believe you paid me double. And I'm like, no, oh, I paid you what that was worth. Like, yeah. Let's go. And then the next day I got an unexpected payment from yeah. someone that I was not expecting. Right. So uh -huh. it's, it's also this element of karma and really like uh -huh. being intentional about where you put your money and, and then noticing how it can come back to you. It's totally changed. For yeah, me over the last year, it's like mind blowingly different. Like, yeah, now I'm like, I have no money. I'm gonna go buy something from a woman-owned business. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, I love that so much. Yes, I definitely. That is something I'm like going to take away from this <laughs> so much. That like when when those those familiar like kind of panic moments set in, like, oh, like what if I don't have enough for this? Whatever. Just being like, okay, well. And often we say, well, what if I don't have enough? But it's like, I do. I know I do. <laughs> like, it's there. It's sitting there. <laughs> it's just that I'm scared more won't come kind of thing. It's that fear that yeah. more won't come. And, and in, in some ways, it's very like um, this whole money hoarding fear scarcity thing that we, it's, mm. it's very ingrained in like mm. instinctual survival. Like, yeah, it's like I need to survive. And what if more doesn't come? And um really conquering that fear and like trusting and I think like hoarding is the very opposite the universe does not like that like it, it kind of needs there to be more of a flow to it you, so really like 
knowing that when that panic comes up being like, okay, I see what this is. Or like, do you ever have where you buy yourself something that you like really like, like it really sparks joy, which is a rule for me. Like if it's super, <laughs> super joy, like you have to buy it. Yeah. And you're kind of like, but I can't really afford it right now, but you buy it anyway. And then like a month later, you probably never even thought about it. Like you found a way to pay for it and everything yeah. worked out. But yeah. we still, every time it happens, have this moment of like, am I going to starve and go hungry and mm -hmm. be homeless? And mm -hmm. it's like, and that's like, that's like the deservingness wound too of like, well, maybe I don't deserve nice things kind of thing. Yeah. yeah and as you were talking, I just wanted to touch on like, um, because you were speaking about giving, I was like, well, receiving is such a big thing too. So I want to share my journey with like teaching myself how to receive, receive and just something simple that I've done. Um, and I'd love to hear your insight on this too. But so yeah, so I am very uncomfortable. Like, again, a giving, loving person, it's very easy for us to give, like, in terms of love, money, et cetera. It's not, it's a lot harder to receive and to, like, truly be inside our bodies when we receive. There's always that, like, element of kind of almost standing outside of yourself and being like, oh, do I deserve this? Like, you know, should I give back? Should I charge them less? Whatever it is. Um, and so something that I've been doing is, and this has been for, like, the last two years or whatever, really, is when a friend you know usually when a friend would offer to pay for my coffee I'd be like no don't be silly like I'll get my own kind of thing now when they offer it's like fully standing inside my body staying in my heart and being like thank you and that's mm. it yeah <laughs> it's it's been so good yeah because that's a huge piece of it you're right like that that it's even like when someone gives you a compliment you know and you kind of go to like shoot it down right away and you're like yes Yep. It's like that ability to just be like, ah, receive. Like I, and it's, mm -hmm. you know, with your business as well, it's like when someone's paying you for something, it's that feeling of like, Ooh, should I give them a discount? Like, I know that very well. I know that feeling. <laughs> and it's like, it is this exchange. Like they got all this value, you know? So it's, it's yep. funny how we like get in our own heads and like let those gremlins. Yeah, um, exactly. That you. I know. And now like, we're sort of like rambling and getting off track, but like, there's so many areas of your life you can see where this. Exactly. This same stuff is going to keep coming up and it's all rooted in how you think about money and resources and yeah. the whole thing. Giving, receiving, like the flow kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're right. Let, let's pull it back on track. I do want to talk about projectors in particular. Like, I think it'd be cool to kind of share the story that you shared on your Instagram stories the other day Oh yeah, um, about the invitation kind of thing. Cause I definitely want to talk about, <sighs> yeah, share that. And then, and then we'll see where we go from there. So, okay, so I'll start with the, well, so I'm a projector, as we've talked about, yeah. and I'm really trying to um, implement my strategy, my authority, and all the stuff showing yeah. up in my chart into my life. So things have, like, kind of slowed down for me this year, and I'm really taking the time to take all this newfound information, and I'm really trying to stick with it, even when it's hard. So I recently, like, I've been talking about starting my own podcast, which you know. <laughs> and um, I haven't really gotten the ball rolling on it. And I was like, you know what? A really good way for me to like kind of get my message out there. And I, I speaking is definitely like the way that I get my message across better than writing. Yeah. I was like, I think being a podcast is a good idea, but like maybe I'll just guest on people's podcasts. And <laughs> like, come on and talk about whatever, right? Yeah. So I started thinking about it and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like researching, I'm like thinking of podcasts, I'm like looking at different things. Then I got to this, found this website where it would match you up with um, podcasts who were looking for speakers. And I saw some that were like in my field, but I was like, you know, 
like I am thinking back, like as I look at my whole life, like every time I've initiated something, it hasn't worked. Like <laughs> every job, my first marriage, like you name it, if I initiated it, it did not work. And so I'm trying to really wait for those invitations and really like, <laughs> just wait in general and like yeah. let more of life come to me. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to like the energy's out there. Like, I know that this is something that would be good. Like, I know that I would like to speak on podcasts and we'll just see what happens. I've been like looking on this website. I had a few people actually message me, but I just like, didn't feel that like energetic invitation. Yeah. And so, yes. um, I sort of like waited and no joke. when I tell you like the next morning, like I had been up on my phone, like one in the morning, the next morning I wake up with a message from you saying, that is so hey, I have a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> come on my podcast and talk about it. And I was like, oh, there it is. There's my invitation. Oh, wow. I like, that is so funny. And that is exactly it because it is actually hilarious because I had been sort of thinking about this for a week or two. I'd been like, I'd even like almost messaged you one time and then ah. I, <laughs> I just, I literally just got that hit be like, okay, today's the day, <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah. Um, your timing, your like, timing was perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, invitations. This is where we need to talk to projectors because again, like we touched on at the start of the interview, so much of the business advice and money advice is, has that kind of generator essence or even probably more of a manifest essence to it whereas projectors our strategy is to wait to be invited before we <clears throat> before we share our gifts and you know receive that that money in exchange um and so yeah i'm, I'm gonna share my kind of point of view on that and i'd love to hear your point of view too but this is this is kind of how i see the projector dance with money if you will is okay so if you think of Okay, it's probably going to be more, I'm going to speak in like kind of more energetic terms and then you can kind of probably bring it to a more like Virgo moon grounded real life application. But if you think okay. of it, <laughs> if we think of the universe and think of money as this kind of dance between like the masculine and fe the feminine and like what we, how we receive um, money to be this dance. The masculine is that like kind of the action we take, the form that we give, like the actual offerings and stuff. Whereas the feminine is that, that process of waiting to receive. It's that being in our hearts as we receive what we are worth. Um, and every single energy type has their own sort of dance that they'll do with bringing the masculine and feminine together in creating their work and receiving money for it. For projectors, it's almost like you kind of create, so you bring in the masculine first, you create these, these spaces uh, mm. where you can be recognized. And so you'll kind of create a course or you'll create an Instagram page or you'll create like your website. And so it's not, it's not all waiting for the invitation. And that's what I think. That's what I think um, a lot of projector advice kind of skips is like you have to, well, in my experience, you have to have that first masculine step. And then you dive into the big feminine, the, the weight, you know, the just staying in your heart and trusting that the invitations will come. And then once the invitation comes, you bring the masculine back in because I'm sure you are the same. I don't know exactly what my work's going to look like until someone books, because that's when I kind of give shape to the offering because I will like projectors will kind of shape their offering around the person. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I actually have the same thing written down. I'm like looking at my notes about projectors is creating mm -hmm. space 
for the money invites to come in. And I think you're right. Like, I think a lot of times with projector advice, it can be this like, wait, so I'm just like supposed to sit around and wait. And it's so like, confusing. Not exactly. Right. Like there uh -huh. it is a waiting, but you have to kind of, um, create the space for that to come in. Like, it's uh -huh. not just going to like poof out of the sky. It kind of <laughs> does, but there has to be this, like, it was like that with the podcast, right? Like I was like, okay, like this is how I'm good at marketing. This would be a good way for me to do it is to talk yes. on a podcast and then boom, the invite came in. Perfect. Um, so like creating space and being like really intentional, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, be a part of that, like for that, for the money invites to come in. And I think a big part of creating space, and I'm going to go on a side tangent here, awesome. which is something I, I really think is important when we talk about money is, um, and especially for projectors, is not taking every freaking invite um, that comes your way. Because the one that, the, like the fastest way to burn out of projectors, especially is taking clients who make you feel like undervalued uh -huh. and that's going to get you right into that bitterness. Like I remember that as my massage practice, I would have certain people and I would say this all the time. And you, know, my friends and family would be the first to be like, well, you need the money. Like, <sighs> even though they're a pain in the ass client, just take them. And I'm like, no, it's not the same money. Like it's not the same. Mm, I love that. Yeah. One person's hundred dollars and another person's hundred dollars are not the same energetic output for me. So, um, I, throughout my career have turned away lots of clients, turned away lots of opportunities that to other people might've seemed like, what do you mean you're turning away money? If I was coming from this scarcity mindset of like, like, but, but you're not by taking those people by taking that situation like you're not leaving the space for the real true invites yep. to, to kind of come in does that make sense a hundred i'm so glad you said that because mm -hmm. it's yeah it's exactly what you said like i i like the way you put it of um that person's hundred dollars is not the same as another person's hundred dollars because i think a lot of people can have that experience of even even not in owning your own business but just in jobs that you've had where you might've been paid the same hourly rate, for example, but, um, you know, for one job, you're really like, you can feel it draining your soul and you're not getting paid what you're worth. And you are left really exhausted. Again, projectors are so tuned into the energetics. And so if, if you're not being appreciated, even if it is the same amount of money, it's going to feel like you're like, you're either learning, either like you're earning less or you're just like doing too much and you're not, again, you're not feeling nourished. And so you can't show up as your full self. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it applies to all types for sure, but it's like, oh. we're just, we have this conditioning that like, we need to accept anything that comes our way that we're lucky uh -huh. to have clients that we should be grateful for the money opportunities we, that we have. And I don't think that that's always true. And sometimes yeah. I've like wondered when I turn away a money opportunity, I'm kind of like, Ooh, is that dumb? Like I kind of needed uh -huh. that money. But just because I needed the money doesn't mean that it was the correct invite for me. And oftentimes by saying no to that invitation, like then I make space for the thing that is like, oh yeah, uh -huh, full body. Yes. Like this is the thing. Yeah. Um, and I think when you take that stuff that isn't really right or made for you, like then you end up on that path to bitterness. You know what it's I mean? And bitterness. Kind of yeah, block, completely. Yeah. You block the good stuff from, mm -hmm. from, from coming to you. Yeah. And you're going to end up, as you say, in bitterness because you're going to be like, you know, I'm doing all I can and they're just not, you know, they're not valuing my work. They're not um, following my advice or whatever it is, whatever it is that it's bringing up for you. And then you're going to be stewing in that 
Yeah. And a lot of times when you undercharge, that happens, especially like mm. if you're not, say you run a program, you know, like I really like working with people in groups. So like, say you run a group program, like I did one this summer that I did not charge anywhere near enough for. And like the, the women who came, it was really great. ended up being a great, but I do think had I charged more, people may have shown up a little bit more or gotten more out of the program than they did. Yep. Um, so it's just like, just knowing that it's yep. not all like, not all money is like created equal. Like this is so fascinating. And this is where you really do get into the, the whole money has a soul, like, and we can give money a soul through how we spend it and how we receive it. And yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's like intentional receiving. See, I yeah. It's like yeah. really intentional about like what you allow to come in. Yeah. And who, who from, and like what energy they, they, cause it's like, just because money pays you money, uh, just because someone pays you money, they aren't, they aren't, I guess they aren't, uh, how do I want to say this? It's not up to them what they then get from you kind of thing. Like what I'm thinking of is clients who want to be like, oh, you know, I want this, I want this, I want this. And this is something that like I'm sort of working on now in particular is like, I, I know how I give. And when someone sort of spends that money on me or like, you know, gives me that money because they want, want me, then you want me. Like you don't, you don't want little pieces of information or whatever. You want my energy and mm. you need to trust that I know how to give that to you kind of thing. Like there is going to be that exchange of course of like, does, am I making sense? Yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. Because you get like, yeah, I've definitely had a couple of clients in the past who were like, you know, um, I, like I want to, I want to get a reading with you, but I only want this. I only want this. I only want this. And there was something always about that. I was like, Oh yeah, fair enough. Um, we'll go with that. But there was something about it that didn't feel good in my body. Cause I was like, I don't feel like I'm giving what I need to give you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So you weren't settling for the money really, but you're like settling. They wanted a service that you didn't provide. Yeah. Really. In, instead yeah. of saying like, I don't think I'm a good fit for you. Yes. You just said Thank yes, you. because we're very conditioned to be like, yeah. take every opportunity that comes your way. Uh, and that is the number one business advice is like, well, their money's just as green as anyone else's. And, um, you know, you kind of have to take everything that comes your way. Like be lucky mm -hmm. that you even have a business in this economy. And like, I do not agree uh, with that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're a splenic projector, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, so I have a harder, I have a pretty good, like, it must be my will center. Like mm -hmm. I have a harder time with the spleen and the intuition, but like, <laughs> you know, when I'm trying it, like I've had this happen in my massage practice all the time. Someone would even just send me an email and I knew I don't like this client. I don't want this client. Like, I don't know what it is, but something's not right there. Yeah. Um, and so just knowing that when that shows up, like it's okay, even if you don't have any clients and you really need that hundred dollars, it's okay to say no to it. Um, yes. I think energetically you open up the space. The universe is all right. Like, all right, we see you. Mm -hmm. That was a test. We see you. And now yeah. here's the client that you do want, right? Like here's yeah. that. Like if you're, if you're taking all these clients that aren't aligned with you, it's the same exchange of energy. You're, that's what you're putting out there and that's mm -hmm. what you're going to be getting back. So you yeah. do kind of have to set a boundary sometimes on that stuff. And we are talking a lot in terms of clients since that's what we both do, but I think yeah. it's the same yeah. thing as a job. Like, yeah. um, you know, like I worked at a restaurant for a little while that after like two weeks, I was like, nope, like the value that I'm getting for the output mm -hmm. is not, it doesn't work for me. I'm not okay with it. I quit. I got a job at a different restaurant and like I worked yeah. there for two years happily. So yeah. it's just really understanding that like, yeah, that that's a thing and that you, you, yeah. 
not every opportunity is meant for you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, yeah, I'm so glad you were able to put so, such eloquent words to the point I was trying to make. <laughs> That's what I definitely need sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is that capacity and that trust in saying, I'm not the right person for you. Like, I'm glad, you know, that you resonate with my work, but if this is what you're seeking, I'm not your person. And that also, like, for me to take that, it's like that person's never going to be fully satisfied with what I do give them too. So it's also like, it's not the best for them. Like I'm doing the best thing for them too. If I say I'm not your person kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And like, if they were to like, you know, like I do like longer term coaching programs. So like if Mm -hmm. I was to sign a client that I didn't really feel like aligned with, or like, didn't really felt like they were going to kind of do that draining of my energy, like Mm. what's going to happen a month in two months in when I'm like bitter now I'm like, bitter. I'm like dreading getting on the call. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's really the most loving thing for everyone to just be like, you know, you would do better with someone else. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm weary of our time. We should probably start. <laughs> this has been so good. <laughs> Going for like an hour. Um, yeah, we could chat forever. Is there anything else in particular you want to touch on? Oh yeah. I just want to say here, um, for all the other energy types, I figured I would specifically get Abby to talk about projectors because that is like both our types, but I'm going to do a podcast myself touching on all of this for other energy types too, because as as, when Abby and I were planning the episode, I was like, I feel bad for the other types. Like I talk about projectors so much. (laughs) I have a soft spot for projectors. Of course we have a rough life. (laughs) We grow up being told we're bossy. And then we're forced into this working world of nine to five, seven days a week, hustle and grind. Seriously. Yeah. That's why I think so many of us do end up being like self-employed or completely entrepreneurs of some sort. I think, I think that's why like I have a lot of projectors in my circle and Mm -hmm. like it, it, they do kind of, those two things go hand in hand. Yeah. 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 No, I feel like I talked about a lot of the big tips. It's like the intentional spending, um, investing in yourself, like spending, you know, donating. I think that that's a big piece. Like we did touch on that a little bit. That was such a good tip. Yeah. That's something I'm going to start doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think we always think like, oh, when I have the money, Mm -hmm. I'll do it. Right. I'll donate. But like really starting with that with, and it doesn't need to be tons and tons of money. Like, yeah sometimes I'll send 20 bucks here or there. Like, yeah. you know, I'll send something on Instagram that's kind of heart wrenching and I'm like, freaking donate. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, just, just kind of putting your money where your mouth is and, 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 yeah. and getting into that um, whole thing. I, yeah. I feel like we covered all the good stuff. We yeah. Could, we I talked a lot. Forever, so. Yeah. Same. I know. We'll have to, we'll, we'll have to do this again sometime. Cause I feel like there are so many different rabbit holes where I was like, oh, I could go down a rabbit hole, but <laughs> yeah, we'll end up on, in France or something, yeah. Yeah, me and you could talk for hours too. So yeah. we, we do have to cap this at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, and if the audience has any questions, you can send them my way and we'll... Yes, we'll yeah, awesome. Yeah, did you... Was there any, like, audience questions or anything that people sent you in on Instagram or anything? No, I didn't get anything major. Okay, cool. We probably... feel like we covered a lot. All right. Awesome. Okay, well, then we'll say bye, Abby. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. All right. And audience, I'm sure I'll record an outro. So lots of love. Farewell, Abby.
hello, me again, uh, just wrapping up saying thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to connect with me and Abby. Our Instagrams will be linked in the show notes. Um, yeah, every, every day, every day, I'm so grateful that out of all the noise that is available on the internet and in podcasts and whatever you choose to spend a little bit of time each week with me means the absolute world. And I endeavor to basically, I'm committed to never making noise just to make noise on here. Whatever I create, it really does come from the heart. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for being here and I will talk to you soon and have a beautiful week.